Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. All right, this is Alan Blaine, and I am fired up to interview our special guest today, Trevor George. Trevor George was born and raised in Boonville, Mississippi, and has been obsessed with video since the age of nine. Throughout middle school and high school, Trevor could always be found with a camera in his hand. After graduating high school, he attended Ole Miss for three years before realizing college was not for him. Trevor moved to Nashville, Tennessee, where he got his start filming upcoming country music artists as they performed in downtown Nashville. Little known artists at the time, like Dirks Bentley, Jason Aldean, Eric Church, and others. While working at a moving company before starting his own video production company called Captured by Trevor George LLC in 2012. Today, he has landed his dream career as the videographer for Garth Brooks. Trevor is married to his wife, Ashley, and they have three children. Trevor, welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast. Go, baby. Love it, man. Thank you so much for coming on here. I'm uh, excited about this conversation with you. And I've just given our listeners a brief intro, but if you could share a little bit more about your background and how you came to be a father of three and Garth Brooks videographer today. Okay. So it kind of goes back to the intuition thing. As a kid, I kind of always knew what I was going to do, but I thought it was going to be for Michael Jordan, not Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks thing didn't come in until high school, you know, when I started getting, okay, this is probably more of a reachable goal. Garth Brooks, he's kind of on the same level as Michael Jordan. He's like the Michael Jordan of country music and Michael Jordan like that. Garth Brooks of basketball. So you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just kind of comes down to literally when I was nine years old, I remember getting the camcorder, put it on my shoulder and I just fell in love with it. I've interviewed my family and we still got the tapes. I have all the family reunions, the Thanksgivings, the Christmases, And then what's cool about that is I get to fast forward 30 years and I do it for my own family. Like I still take video and pictures every single day. We have a private website and it's just something that I enjoy looking at my childhood growing up with these VHS tapes now converted to digital. And so we have a private YouTube channel with all those of me as a kid. So once you hit that record button, it's there. There's no going back. So from the first stage to the last stage, that's where I'm at. I'm still doing the same thing. I love that we've become great friends over the last few years. And I also love that you are living proof that you truly can, people can, any of us can truly do something, make a living and a great living, not just a living, a great living, doing something you genuinely love. It's obvious that you love what you do and your energy is what I love being around because you're so positive and, and just enjoyable. You can't stop passion. I'm a firm believer in that. You cannot stop. If you love something so much, you're going to go get it. I think we're all wired that way. I think some people doubt themselves, which I did for years and years. And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take the leap. And it, it worked out for me. Not the way I intended it to. That's where God comes in. And I'm sure we get into that. But yeah. So what were you thinking, though, as a child growing up? You mentioned Michael Jordan. So what were you thinking with the video career? You had envisioned at some point you're going to be working for ESPN or like what was your vision back then? So I love basketball, love Michael Jordan. I wore Jordan shoes since I was nine years old. It just started around, well, actually eight. And I still wish I had those shoes, by the way. Oh, I bet. So I was a third child and 
I'm a loner. I've always been a loner. You know, you have your first, second, and third child, and fourth and fifth child, but but I was the baby. And I was alone all the time and I enjoyed it. I didn't know any difference. That's my seven-year-old. He's doing the same. I was like, oh, you're good. You can go play outside by yourself. I don't mind. I don't mind to tell my kids that because that's the way I grew up. And it worked out. So why Michael Jordan is a love for basketball I had, and I thought I was Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's license plate is on his Lamborghini. He said M-R-J. But it said, my license plate said T-R-G in high school. So actually, until a couple of years ago, I've had that on my tag, and it kind of became a drone thing later in life because obviously I didn't go to the NBA. So I loved Michael Jordan. I loved setting my camera up and being Michael Jordan as a kid and all my friends. We used to do slam dunk contests. And I was like, you know what? This is cool. I put them together, make mixed highlight takes, give them to my buddies at school. But again, these are VHS tapes. This ain't text messages. This is like VHS tapes. I'm in the VCR and hope they still play. I mean, I was at the point where I'm stacking VCRs on top of each other, making even Michael Jordan highlight reels, North Carolina highlight reels, high school basketball, myself, all my friends. So I just knew, I was like, you know what? I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be one of those guys up in Chicago Stadium running the camera. Just following the ball, not necessarily Michael Jordan, because I think that was too big of a dream to even think that I could video for Michael Jordan personally, but it was more so NBA driven. And then you went to college when you went to Ole Miss. Was that still the mindset at that point? Because I don't know where in the timeline it shifted. I don't think I had a mindset in college. <laughs> what was that like? Uh, it was a lot of partying. That was a big part of my testimony is when I got to college at Ole Miss, I was coming off of a year, year and a half from a junior college that was in our own hometown at Boonville, Mississippi. Oxford, Mississippi is where Ole Miss is located. And that's about an hour away from where I grew up. So when I got to Ole Miss, I was free. Man, I was free. And you know the drill. I was always taught right from wrong, but I did a lot of stuff I shouldn't have done. And I wasn't a bad person. I just liked a little too much liquor and beer and women and all of it you know it's just it's just what college was about and i was with my best friend my cousin trey who actually passed away a few years ago but we were there for one reason and that was to just have a good time so i knew that wasn't working out wasn't studying but i guess my third year at Ole Miss, i hung it up i'm like all right i can't do this calculus stuff so i rode up to nashville i was like you know what I'm going to pursue this Garth Brooks thing. I know he's retired, but I would love to be his personal videographer because I had all his VHS tapes too. So when I say I was in love with Michael Jordan growing up, people know that. My second love was Garth Brooks. People know that too. I mean, posters all in my room still got the same posters. I got a note written to my mother. It says I'm moving to Nashville to work for Garth Brooks in 2003. Left it on the bathroom sink August 13th, and I moved her that day. Wow. 2003. You're, I don't know, three years after college. What are you, 21-ish, around 21 or so? Maybe 23 years old. You're 23 with the dream of filming, being the videographer for Garth Brooks with no plan. Just, I'm going to Nashville. And he's not even performing at the time. Oh, no, he was raising babies. He was raising it. He didn't come back to 2014. Are you the one that got him out of retirement? How'd you do that? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. Garth Brooks promised... His fans in 94, 95, whatever, I forgot exactly when he retired. He promised that he was going to go home and raise his family and come back. So I'm like, all right, his daughter is about 16. It's 2014, 15 is coming. I know he's going to come back, so I'm going for it. Wow. But it did not happen the way that I planned. It was more of a God story for sure. 
Okay, well, let's let's talk about it. I can't wait to hear. I mean, I know I shared with our listeners that I don't know how quickly after getting to Nashville, you started going downtown to the honky tonks and filming the Dirks Bentleys and first day, the first day. All right. I was in it first. As what were you thinking? Just because it was fun or you're thinking, hey, this is what I need to do to be able to live my oh, fun, life. fun, fun. It was I had a decent job. I, had, I was working with my best friend from Mississippi. We both moved here at the same time. Well, around the same. I moved here first. They came up probably two months later. A lot of my friends moved up here. I had a very secure, good job. Make my own hours as a sales rep. And he knows this today, but I wasn't working. I mean, I was working. I, I knew what I needed to do to get by. Right. Because I sold moving people moving across country, how much it costs to move. I'd go in there and get the job. And I'm like, all right, maybe some money today. I'm going to hit downtown. This is when I was, Ashley and I were together because she was one of the first people I met in Nashville, believe it or not. Like one of the first. Ended up marrying her and I knew it. So I kept videoing people downtown Nashville. Some were famous, some not. Like Dirk Spinley had a song called What Was I Think in 2003. That was his first hit. You know, he'd be at the White Horse Saloon or he'd be at Tootsie's just playing a gig and I would just be recording. And I was like, this dude is going to make it. And, you know, people love this guy. Same with Eric Church. You know, I got on that train for a while and did a lot of stuff for him. And we became decent friends. But I was a little over the top, I think, as a guy coming from Mississippi, not had ever been on a plane, not really ever been out of the state, went to Florida a couple of times, whatever, when I was a kid in Chicago with my dad, driving like 18 wheelers and stuff. But it was a big deal for me to see somebody famous, I guess is what I'm getting at. And, yeah. and it became a obsession, a very strange obsession. But it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, let me get a picture with you. Let me get a selfie and let me sell you my stuff. And like, hey, I'm a videographer. Those conversations were never brought up. It was like, oh, my gosh, you're the guy that's doing the radio. You're one of my heroes. Can I get a picture? Boom. And it's like, all right. So then you start meeting all these cool people downtown Nashville and you develop friendships. And then we're your new party guys. You know, when, when Eric Church used to play the bars in Nashville, it was like we were there and we were hammered. And then, like I said, those videos that I kept putting on YouTube, my own YouTube channel, started getting 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, 750,000 million views. I'm like, bro, this is what I'm going to do. This is all me. I'm a freaking rock star in this video world. I quit my job. Well, did you quit your job? Let me put it in perspective. So 2003, I moved here. And by 2009 or 10, I'd already had a huge YouTube views following all that stuff. And that's what gave me the, I might just quit my job and do what I love. And we'll start this out because I got all the views. I got all the fans. It's easy. So I was going to come in here making hundred K a year first year. So anyway, 2012, I finally did it. I was like, you know what? This is the year that I'm going to do it. I've got two kids at the time. My wife supports me. She has always supported me in everything I've done. Good decisions, bad decisions that I've made. She has been right there. And she is the one who actually pushes me to do it. She's the one who came up with my business name, Captured. So she's very involved with everything that I've been able to do. And she respects it. So when I quit my job and started my business, it was crickets for about three months. You know, and it, it was scary. I'm like, wait a second. Why is nobody calling me? I've made my business card. I put my business logo at the end of all these videos. And then I realized it was the superstars that I was filming and videoing. They were getting more famous by the year and by the songs. And I had all those songs that people were hearing. I got them all acoustically in their own studio. Someone's at their house. You know, it's like, those are why I'm getting all the views. Not because the video is cool. 
And so that was a wake up for me. I don't know why I didn't figure that out before, but my first year I was doing haunted houses and birthday parties for three-year-olds for, you know, 250 bucks. And I was like, all right, if I do this a couple of times a week, I'll be all right. And it didn't work out that way. And then you break and then you search and then you surrender because there's nothing else to do. At this point, 2013, our house was in foreclosure and we lived in a, a very pretty house, pretty neighborhood. Because remember, I was doing well in the moving business. Right. When that happened, we had a yard sale in front of our house. I've got the pictures and it's wild to see, but we're selling our cars, our motorcycles, and everything we own, guitars, sold yard sale. And we came out with about 15 grand that day. And we're like, all right, let's catch up on the mortgage. Let's sell the house, get back in good standing. Let's get an apartment or two. And it's time to live for Christ. My wife has already been doing that. I'm the one who's kind of just doing it on my own. So I broke, surrendered, got saved in the process, and started looking at life in a different lens. And it was maybe a year, year or two after that is when I finally understood it. And that's when God started opening the doors. We're talking 2015, 16. I'm not sure when you and I met. We met in 2018. That's the year we moved to Nashville. Okay. Well, that's the big year when I got the phone call from Garth. And how that happened was I'd been a subscriber of Metro Sale. He's my best friend. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. But I found this guy on YouTube and he had two videos out. I was looking up a tutorial for a Clay Walker song and I noticed, I think it was called Fall, Clay Walker Fall. And I noticed this guy had covered it and it was Mitch. And right when he started singing, it's weird. Let me go this route. My mother and this intuition thing. So she's always known when I was in jail before I even went, she just knew it was going to happen. She's always been right on that stuff. She has told me things that blew me away that no way she could have known what has happened or what's going to happen. And she's got that gift. So every time she calls and says, Hey, I feel like this is going to happen. I take it serious. And most time it does or all the time it does. And it doesn't, I mean, this ain't every day. This is like once a year. Right. So back to Mitch, when I subscribed to him on YouTube, I was looking at him like I'm looking at you on this video right now. And something inside of me is like, this is in 2007. This is before I was saved. This is when I was, I think I was messed up watching this. Something just made me melt inside. I'm like, that's my guy. This guy right here is my guy. Well, I don't know what it is. I've got to get in touch with this dude. So I emailed him. I was like, dude, you're going to be the next Garth Brooks. I'm a country music lover. I would love to be your photographer, videographer. Moved to Nashville. He's got one video out. I was, his, I think, his second or third subscriber, me and this other guy. And he's like, what, really? So we developed a friendship on YouTube. He moved up here in 2009. He moved in with us for a little while, and he got his own place and started writing songs. And, you know, not much recognition, but he was a great songwriter before he even moved here. He was a great songwriter then. And he lost his dad when he was 10. So he was always more mature than me even though he's a lot younger than me. And that's still the case today. I'm 43. He's probably 35, 38, something like that. So he's always been my wisdom go-to guy. 
And he's always encouraged me to keep pushing myself and doing the video thing that me and him, hey, dude, we're going to make it at some point. And as of 2023, it's happening. We got a little glimpse of that now. And it's really cool. But when I saw that in Mitch's eyes, I just knew that's my guy. I held on to that for a while. And then he moved to Nashville, like I said, and he started playing bars and all that. And I documented the whole thing. And then he wrote a song called Ask Me How I Know. So during this time, we're like, we got to get this to Garth Brooks. There's no way. So a little bit before that, let me back up. So a little bit before that, we had done a DVD of Mitch in his apartment. And he's introducing, hey, my name is Mitch. My buddy Trevor said, he can get this to you. If you see it, you know, it'd be great if we could hang out. Nothing past that. I just love you. My name is Mitch. Here's my song. To send to Garth, you're saying. Oh, yes. What I did, I went and duct taped it around his mailbox here in Gillettesville. Oh, love it. I think he got it. He said he got it years later. You know, this is when I was on tour with him this past couple of years. I asked him about it. He watched it, but that's nothing new for him, for somebody to give him a CD or a DVD. But it was a little bit different. The way everything was written in there, there's a video letter in there. And I threw myself a plug. You know, I was like, hey, I do video photo if you ever need that. So fast forward to about three years after that, which is 2016-ish, somewhere like that. Mitch had gotten from a source that this is Garth Brooks' email address. I'm going to give it out to the new guys in town. I'm returning. This is my comeback. And I'm looking for something fresh. I'm going to need some new songwriters. And Mitch didn't really take that serious because like, that ain't Garth Brooks' email. You know, what the heck? We try it. So he sent him a song, asked me how I know. Garth Brooks writes back, I don't know, the next day, said, you are um, uh, less than 1% of this town. And you have a gift like nobody else and send me everything you got. Wow. And let's hang out. So that all happened. Garth Brooks took that song to number one, put some money in my buddy's pocket and got invited to open the arena tour, which are uh, hundreds of shows. And I got to go on a couple of those. I was like, okay, this is the glimpse into my future. I can, I didn't know it. All right. Mitch was gracious enough to bring me out there introduced me to Garth and basically I got an audition in 2018 for Notre Dame, the stadium tour. And uh, Mitch got invited back as well to come open. And Garth saw my work through what I was doing for Mitch and basically hired me full time. And he, Garth Brooks is seriously one of the greatest men or the greatest man I know, not just because that is Garth Brooks, but what I've seen him and his team has done for people in this community and just every stadium we go to, the way he treats people. I don't know if this question ever comes up about the greatest advice that I've ever gotten, and it is from him. It is to surround yourself with good people. This is not a look at me game. This is a team, no matter how you look at it, no matter what business you're in, if you're not a team player, it's not going to work out good for you. Mm. So what I'm saying, Garth Brooks puts himself in that situation to where it's not all about him, but everybody wants it to be about him because that's who they came to see. But in Garth's eyes, it's about everybody else first. Wow. Talking from just the security people that hose the door open for you, people cooking your food. This dude is right there beside them, helping or respecting or giving tips, all that good stuff. Wow. I love hearing that. I mean, just the fact that like you shared and anyone that's followed Garth Burke's career would know that he stepped down and passed up on who knows how much income that could have been generated all year in his prime 
to raise his family. And that speaks volumes just right there. What's really cool is, and you're so humble too in the whole process, but as I understand it, Mitch got the first big break. Mm-hmm. All because if you really trace it back, because you reached out to him and really started helping promote his career and, you know, helped him get connected with Garth, which is just super cool. And Yeah, well, I do got to say that Mitch, he was coming here regardless. There wasn't nothing stopping Mitch Rossell. I just get to be along the ride with him because he was, it wasn't like, hey, come here. Many people besides me is telling him to move to Nashville. Man, so cool. What would you say has been a practical key to your success, Trevor? I'm seeing things in your story and I'm thinking of different things that you might say, but I'm just curious from your perspective, what would you say to somebody who they want to live a successful life? They've got some challenges to overcome like we all do, but what would be one of the keys you would say to your success? I think faith is my first one. I've never been a man of faith until I got saved. I wasn't really a believer. I mean, I was, but I didn't understand it. You know, we all grew up in church, but do we listen? I wasn't listening. I didn't listen. didn't understand the Bible. I didn't understand what Jesus Christ came to this place to do. I didn't understand it till I was 30 years old. I didn't understand it. And you know, that song, Amazing Grace, I was blind, but now I see. I didn't understand those lyrics until you see like these people. Or if you're like me, nor did you probably care to understand it until you were there. Uh, you didn't care. You had a few things on your mind. That was it. So that I think is faith and understanding how God works when you're obedient. When you just love, you know, I used to be a different person back 10 years ago. Yeah. I used to take advantage of people, used to do a lot of crazy things internally. You know, my intentions were not great. Yeah. And it hurt. It hurts you when you understand what you're doing is wrong. And then you have that spirit in you. You get convicted and and you fix yourself quick. You've been a huge blessing to Nicole and I. So it's actually our only complaint is we don't get to spend enough time around you. But I would imagine all your friends feel that way because... You're someone everyone would want to spend time around. So I'm excited to get to have this conversation with you. I also am curious to ask you what you would say has been one or more of the biggest challenges that you would say you've faced up to this point in your life. Yeah, I'll say it again. It's the unknown. When you own your own business and it's just a kind of a one-man show business, because I am, here's the thing, I am very private. I don't know how to say this, but I don't really enjoy working with people. I like shooting. I like doing the lighting, the microphone, the editing. This is my package. Here you go. That's what I can create you. And when Garth says, you know, the biggest thing is surround yourself with a good team. That's where I struggle with that when it comes to my own business. And it's weird. When I'm on the tour, yes, team player all day long. When I'm here doing individual work, I'm a loner. Like my hat that says Lone Wolf, you know, that's just what I am. I just, I just like being by myself and working by myself. But I'll also respect people that want to come in. I've got some people want to do an internship. I've got a couple guys that I starting, I met with last week, I'm starting to take out with me. Uh, one of them is going to be my son. He's 13 and he's going to be getting on board pretty quick. But uh, when you create something and it's your baby for 10 years, you kind of have your own style. For example, if I'm a painter, right, if I'm a professional painter and I turn around and I'm painting this picture, I'm an artist, right? So here comes an intern. Hey, you can't teach that person how to draw and paint and create. I don't know how to say this, but I don't see my business growing outside my family. I don't see me having five or 10 employees. I don't think I want that. You know, this new chapter I'm in right now, 
the tour ended in 2022 and now it's 2023 and I'm still with Garth Brooks and I'm working on a project that hopefully be the biggest thing that I will ever be a part of. Stadium tour is pretty big, but this something that I can't mention is, is, is what I'm working on now is. You dwarf that one, huh? Yeah, it's cool. It's got something to do with his bar downtown Nashville he's building. You know, he's doing a restaurant bar, whatever you want to call it, but it's, it's going to be something that this town has never seen before. And it is exciting to be a part of this because it's going to be there forever. And it's neat. And I get to see everything firsthand. So I'm super blessed to be in that position. Sounds like an exciting opportunity. And you sound like you're excited every day to wake up and do what you do, which I love. And I know we're kind of talking in the context of your occupation and all. And I know you're also madly in love with your wife and an awesome father and family man too, which again, I respect even more so than your professional success, which I, I respect both very, very highly. But I wanted to ask when you were going through like a lot of the challenges and you're moving here, you know, you had this vision, you had this dream. Did you ever doubt your dream? Do you have a lot of voices in your head you had to work through when months after months after year after year were passing and you had this vision of basically the life you have today, but there was no indication that it was moving that direction? Before I got on that Garth Brooks train, I was sending out my resume to all those country stars that I worked for that I was shooting video. And it was just crickets because I put together some pretty cool stuff for a lot of different artists. And I never got a reply. There's a few stories I could tell you, but it's it. I, I never got a reply. And I was out. I was done again when we lost everything. And then I surrendered. And then I picked myself back up and started doing the wedding stuff and the commercials. We're talking 2015, 16, 17. All in that area is when I was doing the weddings, commercials, and real estate videos. I wasn't satisfied. I knew there's more out there for me to offer because, you know, I think people, when they talk you up and they put these things in your head, like, man, you're good. And I wouldn't say I'm better than anybody else. I just have a different style. Mm -hmm. uh, I use the tripod and the slider. I don't, I don't do the gimbal thing because that's what everybody else does. When I was in high school, everybody went to Mississippi State. I went to Ole Miss. It's always been a thing of mine, like, okay, I just want to get away. I actually flipped a quarter. It's like, where are we going to go? Me and my cousin. <laughs> but we were leaning toward Ole Miss at Prettier Girls. And I never did find my wife at Ole Miss. But the first day I moved to Nashville, I found her. Love it. And I knew it. I knew the night I was going out. I was like, I'm going to find my wife. And, and I did it. All that's recorded, too. It's weird. Let me share this other cool story while I'm talking about intuition. So when I was born, when the doctor held me, and they gave me to my mother while she's holding me. She said something went over her and said, this baby is going to the moon. Okay. If we've had that joke, you know, my entire life, like everybody knows that, you know, this is the moon baby, the moon baby. But growing up in a small town in Mississippi, and I'm still thinking like, there's no way I'm going to the moon. Right. But check this out. This is wild. So I was doing an interview with Garth about two years ago. And he said in this interview, he gets asked by the same guy on the radio station that he calls in and they do an interview when he releases a single or something. He said, you're going to be the first one to play on the moon. You're going to be the first guy to play on the moon. And Garth has always laughed about it. But I think there's a chance. So I've got to deal with Garth. And I'll remind him every day that if he goes to the moon, I'm going. I love it. So I do think he'll be the first one to play on the moon. 
and your mom will be right again. And she'll be right again. That's been a funny joke between me and my mom. And like I get Garth, like I got him something the other day. It was a, a spaceship model, a really nice one, real heavy. And it says universe tour, you know, there was a stadium tour. Gave it to him. I gave him some things about this five feet big circle G's and it's set on a moon. Yeah, I'm throwing hints out there. Okay, you're doing your part. I love, <laughs> it. I love it. As we start to wind this down, I've got several more just kind of more rapid fire questions for okay, you. Gotcha. What I'm dying to ask you is thinking about the challenges moving to an unknown city. It's basically just kind of starting from scratch and bootstrapping your own business and almost losing everything and just all that that you shared just a little bit about on the show here today. How do you view like all those challenges today? Well, it all goes back to God's plan. You look back at the rough times in your life, you've got them, you've had them. Where did it lead you today? Dude, look at you. I mean, you are the definition of success. Your family, your son that came around, it's an amazing blessing. So you look at all the mistakes you made and you look at all the valleys that God led you through to get where you are today. So now I understand if I'm about to go through something today or next week or this year, and it is going to be heart shattering. I know it's a plan from God and that's just the path. You know, we make our own dumb decisions sometimes and that's your own fault. But if it's just something happened, God's telling us something. Yeah. I love that. If you could go back in time, knowing what you know now, you know, experiencing what you've experienced this far in life and give your younger self just one. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of advice I'd like to give my younger self as you probably would feel. Oh yeah. Just give yourself one piece of advice. What might that be? I think just stay true to myself. I think I searched for myself for a long time. I'm not trying to prove anything anymore. I used to search for approval, maybe, between just my friends and my family and obviously God. But I'm very confident in who I am now. And that's the best thing is just find yourself, find your purpose, and knowing that everything is spiritual. I keep bringing that up because I love, love, love talking to people that are atheists, that are agnostic, whatever that there's a God. And I've got so many stories that I can sit there and tell people that it's real. I love it. Any advice that you give to someone else who's facing foreclosure or whatever their challenge may be, career not turning out, whatever. I got a buddy who texted me yesterday. He's like, hey, listen, this is what's going on in my life. And first thing I pointed him to was the book of John. Because if you're at that lowest point in life, like you and me both have been in, you really do ask for God's help. I I don't want to get in that stage again, but something about that stage where you're intimate with the word and what it can really do to your life, that's a good feeling. It's like, oh yeah, but now you get comfortable again. Like right now I'm comfortable. I'm good. He's rescued me again. He's gave me opportunity, but I don't like this. I don't want anything bad to happen, but I need that urge to need him again. And I'm not saying I don't need God, but he's got me in such a great position right now that I feel myself drifting, man. I don't like that. And I just got to figure out maybe advice from you or anybody how to stay in that intimacy with God when things are well. That's my biggest problem in life. I would love to have that conversation with you because I think that is super, super important. 
because I know even looking back on my life, the challenging, the difficult times when I felt my lowest, I was obviously at my humblest. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm like, God, I need you. And like you're saying, I, I think about that often is that when it feels like everything is going right and never everything is always going right every minute of every day, but generally speaking, like you're describing, you know, the bills are being paid, the marriage is good, the kids are healthy, whatever. Yeah. We can be more susceptible to think we got this without God. So yeah, I'd love to have that conversation too. Do you have like a favorite success quote, maybe for entrepreneurship or anything for that matter? Could be for marriage because all of it's important to me, but a favorite success quote that you might want to share with our listeners? If my friends heard you ask me that question, they would die. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know why, man. It always goes back to a Bible verse, not really a quote from man, but it's, right, well, let's it's, hear it's it. really Matthew six thirty three. you know, just put him first and everything else will work out for you. And I'm a firm believer in that. Love it. That's a great one. What is one habit would you say that's helped you become successful? Mm. I don't know if it's a habit, but I think just staying true to yourself and be a straight shooter. It's a good habit of mine. I can be a complete idiot a lot of the times, but I will shoot you straight in a loving way. You know, you know, I've hit stuff from people and it never works out. We don't know. It never works out. You're saying honesty and being willing to be honest with others. Yeah, yeah. And I expect the same from all my friends. You know, I've got some friends who shoot me straight like, dude, you ain't doing this right. Like if it's professional or being a husband or or whatever, you know, so. So important. And I'm so thankful to have friends like that too, Trevor. I want to be that kind of friend, but I also know I need those kind of friends. That's true. At least one, more the better, but we need at least one. At least one. Right? With us. We have blind spots, and that should be y'all's rule with each other, dude. Shoot me straight, and I'm gonna shoot you straight. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? Going back to the Garth Brooks quote, just really surrounding yourself with good people, and that's not meaning anything toward just business, I'm talking about just in life in general. Because you better believe it. If I go back home to Mississippi and I follow those same friends that I was, and we're still in a big text message group. Right. And they'll probably watch this podcast, but it's not me, what we talk about and what we share. It's all of us, the four guys in this group. We're all successful. We're all married. It's, we've got kids. It's a great group. But when we get in this group, we're back in 1995, 1996, 1997. That's the last time we saw each other, but we've been in this text message for 10 years. So you kind of go back in your old ways. I struggle with that too. So association is key. You're saying, oh yeah, yeah. To get back to the answer. Yeah. Yeah. That is an incredible piece of advice. We are who we hang around, said another way. And I love that. We all need to be reminded of that daily. Are you a reader? I mean, is there a book that you might recommend? So funny you've asked. I've never read a book. Okay. I want to read. I want to read so bad. And you'll be surprised what book this is. It's called The Insanity of God. Okay. About this guy named Nick Ripkin. It's an easy read. I mean, it's a lot of pages, but it's an easy read. And that's the first book you've ever read? Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, I'm on chapter five. So you are living proof that you can crush life without ever reading a book. <laughs> well, I don't know about crushing life, but I'm proof <laughs> that you don't have to read a book. To I mean, I just, I can't hold my attention. Yeah. Like I'm getting antsy right now. It's been, no, it's just one of those things I want to read. And I think this book is helping me. Because my wife, she reads, if I turn this camera around, she's got a million books up here and they're all great books, but I just don't read, but she does. I love it. I love it. We're all wired differently and we can all have our own 
plan that God has for us, our own level of success, if you will. And some are readers, some aren't, some are creative, some aren't. And it's just great. I just love it. There's many definitions of success. How would you define success, Trevor? What does success mean to you? I think success, to put all in one sentence, would be happiness. If you're happy in life and you're confident in yourself and in your family, no matter what job you do, if you're happy and your family's happy and you have a good relationship with people and your coworkers and uh, your church family, your friends, then that is success to me. I love it. I love it. When you think about the future, what excites you the most at this current moment in time, maybe a project you're working on or something else you're doing or anything for that. Getting back to when I said the unknown is scary. It's also something that's kind of addicting. You know, you want the challenge. I don't know. I told Garth when we were sitting down our last time, when we were like going our separate ways at the end of the tour, you know, he told me, he's like, you are going to go on and do bigger and better things than you can ever imagine. The stadium tour is awesome, but you just wait. And, you know, I lost it. You know, it's like, there's no way. There's no way that I'm going to be able to do anything more fun and cooler than what I just went through the past four years to be on the Garth Brooks Stadium Tour, to be right there with him, walking everywhere he walks, my hero, and I'm right there with him. And he trusts me. There's no way I can do anything bigger than that. There's just no way. And I told him that. And he just smiles and laughs and says, get out of here. What is a way that our listeners can connect with you, Trevor, maybe get information on your business, follow along on your journey? I do Facebook and Instagram. It's uh, Trevor George 03 on Instagram. And Facebook is just my name, Trevor George. I really don't do anything else. Uh, my website's captured by TG.com. It has not been updated. So with this Garth Brooks deal, here's the thing there. Everything I do, he owns. So it's not like that I can just go promote. Hey, I'm Trevor. I work for Garth Brooks. Here's captured by TG and it's all Garth Brooks because that's what it would be if it was up to me. But he doesn't work that way. He's smart. I love the way he runs his business and I respect it. That's just the way it is. And you're living your dream. Yeah. Any closing comment that you might want to share with our listeners as we wrap this up? Alan, you better get right or you're going to get left, man. That's my closing quote. All right. Well, that's a good one to go out on. Trevor, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. I know it's going to encourage a bunch of people. Thank you for sharing your story. Been an honor, dude. Hey, hey, thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a ton of value from this episode. And as a token of appreciation for enjoying the show, if you don't mind leaving a five-star rating as well as a genuine review, whether it's just a sentence or a paragraph, that's up to you. I would like to show my gratitude to you by sending you a free sample of our all-organic 22-amino acid meal replacement protein shake. We'll even cover the shipping cost. I drink this every day and love it. For the blood sugar control, fat burning, natural energy, and strength building it's provided me over the past 22 years now. And I'm confident that you will love it too. When leaving a review, simply take a screenshot of your review and send it over to me on my Instagram account, at Alan B. Blaine, found in the show notes below. And be sure to include your mailing address so that we can get this shipped out to you right away. Thank you, and we'll see you on the next episode. (laughs) 